Welcome to the State of Chiropractic Podcast. This is presented by the Chiropractic Defense Council, and I am your host, Baron Hoig, and I am thrilled you've joined us today. In the chiropractic profession, we understand the importance of staying informed, staying connected, and staying inspired. That's actually why we created this podcast. It's a platform dedicated to exploring the defense of chiropractic and how it affects your ability to serve the communities that you live in. In each episode, we're gonna dive deep into the latest issues surrounding the profession, industry trends, legislative developments that have shaped the landscape of our profession. We'll bring you thought-provoking interviews with renowned experts, practitioners, and advocates who are driving innovation and positive change within our profession. Our mission at the Chiropractic Defense Council is to provide a voice for chiropractors everywhere, defending your rights, promoting patient-centered care, and championing the value of chiropractic in the healthcare ecosystem. Through this podcast, we aim to educate, empower, and organize the chiropractic community. So whether you're a seasoned chiropractor looking to expand your knowledge or an ally of the profession, you're in the right place. We are here to share insights, debunk myths, and spark meaningful conversations that will shape the future of the profession. Before we begin, a special thank you to our incredible profession who make this podcast possible. Your commitment is truly commendable, and we could not do it without you. So... Get ready to embark on an enlightening journey as we explore the state of chiropractic. Together, we'll uncover untold stories, discover groundbreaking research, and delve into the fascinating world of chiropractic. And don't forget to subscribe to the State of Chiropractic podcast so you'll never miss an episode. Also, stay connected with us through our website and social media channels where you can share your thoughts, ask questions, suggest topics for future episodes. So thank you again for joining us today. Now let's dive into the world of chiropractic and embrace the limitless possibilities it holds. Welcome to the State of Chiropractic podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome to the State of Chiropractic. I am so excited for this conversation for multiple reasons. Uh, Dr. Stu Hoffman and I have uh, known each other probably longer than either one of us want to admit. Um, it's, uh, It's been a while. You knew me when I was literally just getting started. I think I was 21, 22 years old when you first saw me speaking at an event. And, uh, and yeah, we've just uh, kind of hit it off. We've traveled a lot of ground since then uh, to get to where we are today. It's kind of crazy to think, but uh, thank you. Thank you for taking some time out of your crazy schedule to talk with us today on our podcast. How you doing today, Doc? I'm doing great. And it's my honor and my pleasure. So uh, we, as you said, we go back a long, long ways and uh, love what you do. And we have a lot of respect that we share. So happy to be here. Well, we appreciate it. And for those of you that don't know, Dr. Stu Hoffman is a chiropractor, um, but for, and I'll let you get into the details because I I'm, I was going to shoot a number out and I don't even know the number, but for the last few decades, you've really been known in the industry for your malpractice carrier, ChiroSecure. Um, it's who we use um, in our office. All of our doctors are are covered with your um, insurance. And and I want you to just give a little bit to those because th- this is international. People are going to be seeing this all over the world. Kind of a little bit of your story. Your family is very well known in chiropractic. You, your brother, and you know, you were part of the original Michigan Mafia uh, when it all got started back in the day. And uh, so just share with us a little bit kind of how you got into chiropractic, your time, and then how you ultimately got where you are today. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> part of the Michigan Mafia, well, I'll touch on that. But uh, the real reason is uh, my brother Bob had gone to school before I did, and so did Steve, but Bob was the first. And uh, we were in New York, and at that time, I was 18-ish, 
and uh, had different plans for my life and driving cross country to the good life in California, never made it past Snowshoe, Pennsylvania, <laughs> uh, because there's this big brick wall that I drove into in the middle of the night. Ah. And um, I, you know, semi comatose, high fever, and this little rinky dink hospital uh, couldn't handle it. So they needed to transfer me, but they couldn't do that. And I don't tell this story very often anymore, but the short version of it is uh, as a chiropractic student, and this is before cell phones, before anything, uh, he drives out with my mother to Pennsylvania, uh, gets up in my hospital bed and adjusts my neck. Now, I'm not suggesting as the president of a malpractice company that any of you do this. But three hours later, all of my vitals were normal. They transferred me with two broken legs and everything else. Uh, and, you know, 11 months later, I was mostly healed up. Hmm. But that is one of those life-changing experiences. Yeah. And one of the big differences uh, back then compared to today's environment of people that go to school is I went because I already lived it. Yeah. And today people more often than not go because it's a job that they think that they can earn a good living in. And no disrespect to them, but sure. there is a difference of owning something in your heart that creates your purpose and passion compared to looking for a job. 100%. And, you know, from there, uh, you know, my brother Steve was in school, uh, had just started school in Atlanta. And I went down to visit Steve as I'm literally healing up from this. And he was working uh, and at the school. And so I went and I was with him and uh, there was this guy named Jerry Klum uh, who was there. And I went in and sat with him. And he basically, as only he could, told me to get my shit together, get my classes done and enroll in school. And he proceeded to adjust me. And it was the first time I ever uh, had the experience of someone adjusting me that it felt like they forgot that you have muscles and tissue around those bones uh and very few people know that jerry clum is one of those master yeah, adjusters master. yeah and i was one of the few people that had the fortune uh to be connected with him from that moment to today and um i went back into my brother's office and this hyperactive little jewish boy from new york fell asleep in the middle of the day on the floor in his office. Hmm. That night was the DE meetings of old that uh, I went all by myself because he was working. Never been to downtown Atlanta, never saw rifles on the back of cars and trucks. Uh, but I got into the hotel and I'm listening to this guy with, you know, Frankenstein eyes named Sid Williams. Didn't understand one thing he said. But I went to the student meeting that night and listened to Jim Gregg, Ian Grossom, John Hoffman, uh, Chuck Ribley, others. Uh, Mike Nathanson may have even been in that meeting. And when I heard John Hoffman talk about when he was in school, 
and what he did and all of this stuff, I said, oh, my God, if that idiot could be this successful, this has to be pretty damn easy. <laughs> and I've always said to him throughout the rest of his life uh, and our friendship, you know, how little you know then yeah. compared to now what it really took to be that stupid, to be that successful. That's right. And That's right. all that work and effort and uh, talent is unbelievable. But truly, Baron, over all of the years, that's how I got started. But I've been truly blessed with having incredible mentors from Sid Williams to Guy, uh, Guy Reekman to Jerry Klum to my brothers to so many other people. It would be too many to name. Uh, and it would even include yourself that I consider friends and family uh, that my life, I couldn't imagine it without being in chiropractic. Yeah. And that's how I live. That's awesome. So how did you make the transition from graduating in practice to getting into the malpractice business? Yeah, well, uh, if you remember, I drove into that wall. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> and do. at 29 <laughs> years old, uh, I was seeing high volume and I had a few offices in Michigan. And uh, I literally couldn't stand over a table for the entire day and make it home uh, and do anything but fall on a couch. So um, I finally went to an MD and he gave me some prescription and uh, because it was called psoriatic arthritis. And he said that uh, within five years, you'll probably be in a wheelchair. And I took the prescription that night and holy shit, the next day I was flying after not being able to move. Yeah. I said, wow, no wonder people do this. <laughs> and then the next day my stomach started hurting. And this, after less than a week, I said, this isn't going to be for me. And I've never taken another drug ever since. But I've looked and searched for other people, healers, mostly in the chiropractic realm, uh, that's why, you know, everyone has their technique, but there's plenty of them and different things work for different people sure. and different connections. So I, I've done really well over the years, uh, considering that that was uh, 36 years ago. Yeah. And, and um, when this was all going on, I was practicing in Michigan. I was the chairman of the convention. Well, I brought you to Michigan. I was the <laughs> convention chair and all yeah. of that. And Jimmy Gregg just became the president of the ICA and said, hey, we need a malpractice program because as part of the convention, I would put on a risk management seminar and bring people in to do it and we would get a discount. Well, we had kicked the people from our organization, out of the organization, not me personally, but sure. those were the people that were the only approved people to put on the risk management seminar. That wasn't going to happen. So I had to call and deal with the vice president of the insurance company at the time and had the only approved seminar for their risk management uh, before or after. And at that point, I made calls and contacts because this was before fax machines, emails, right. and everything else, and made connections. And we put a committee together of five people 
to create Cairo Secure. And it wasn't even my idea for the name. It was Bobby Braille uh, mm. that came up with the name of Cairo Secure. And um, it was really done uh, as a committee for ICA. And we hired a broker uh, to get it all done with and for us. And as a result, he supported the ICA. And over time, uh, that insurance carrier that we were originally with uh, had bought up, it was the way of the times, uh, like three other insurance companies. And it was the beginning of the computer world in business as we know it today. And they couldn't merge all the systems and they were screwing up. And eventually they went out of business. And right before that, uh, I made some contacts and was negotiating with another carrier, getting rid of the broker. It was going to have to be me to take this on as a full-time project. And uh, that's when I got licensed and got everything taken care of. And, you know, now after 32 years, uh, my insurance uh, contacts are just as strong as my chiropractic contacts. Yeah. For the last 15 years, we work as a group, no matter what the uh, insurance carrier is, uh, it's the same underwriters and the same claims team that I've been working with forever. And we steer everything. Uh, why? Because they let us and they let us because they trust us. We haven't done them wrong yet and don't intend to. Because when someone comes to us, we are certainly the doctor advocate, but we are an insurance carrier. Sure. As such, we have to make sure that we're protecting the insurance and the doctor and people need to uh i think recognize that it is both ends yeah well that brings us to a great point because this is kind of the meat of the conversation i wanted to have with you today obviously our podcast is a little different i want people to get to know who you are and and understand your journey and why you you've been such a champion for the profession but you have such insight. Um, you've seen a lot from your time of practicing, being involved with the ICA. I mean, I sit down and talk to you and you tell me stories about how things evolved in relationships and different companies and organizations and how chiropractic kind of got to where it is today. We sit together in the chiropractic summit and, you know, we've shared stories about how that got together and the different players and people that have come and gone. And so you have such a unique perspective. And one of the, the drums that I've been beating for the last three years is that it's time for our profession to be honest about what's working and not working as far as the infrastructure. It is unacceptable that we have arguably one of the best offerings on the planet, but yet we can't get out of our own way. And yes, we have adversaries, we have things that we're working up against, and, and yes, they exist, but that's not why we're still where we're at. We're where we're at because we tend to circle the wagons and shoot inward, and we don't really move and evolve very well to make sure that we're maximizing opportunities. And so we're starting to see some of that now. Organizations like ours with the CDC is a, is a branch in that direction of an organization that's just completely focused and specializing in defending the rights of practicing chiropractors. In that journey, it's given me a very unique understanding of really the role of a malpractice carrier as we're working in different countries and working, you know, very closely with issues that are very similar. A doctor may reach out to us about a board complaint. And our first thing is, well, have you reached out to your malpractice carrier yet? You got to go through that process first before we get involved. So there's kind of a, a structure to how this really should work. From your perspective, and you kind of alluded to it here that you wish maybe some of the doctors would understand the the business model of a malpractice carrier that yes they're there to defend them but they are still mitigating risk and risk has a, a formula to it 
What, what, what are you seeing that our viewers can better understand whether it's with you or they're with another carrier because they're in another country, whatever the case may be about the reality of what chiropractors should understand about malpractice? Well, first and foremost, I don't see anyone with any other carrier. I only see them with us. Sure. So I just want to be clear in my mind. And uh, it was a joke, Baron. I understand. So, I was giving uh, you your moment. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. <laughs> um, however, you know, it's not just malpractice. It's profession-wide. Uh, I always would say to somebody that I'm talking to about uh, our profession from when I got in uh, and graduated in 1981 to what exists today. It is not the same. And yeah, I know that we have a lot of people that say, no, I, I want it to be the same. We shouldn't deviate. We shouldn't, no, I say bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I, we should never deviate from our principle, but society does change and we need to adapt or we die. Right. And again, never, ever lose the chiropractic principle. Yep. So there is a difference between that and adapting to society. And if you think about it, I've had a ton of associates uh, over the years. And, you know, most of them turned out great. Uh, some of them a little bit less of a fortunate situation. I'll take the blame for all of those uh, because they probably were my fault, uh, being less mature and knowledgeable and all of that. But that's not how things work today. When I would look for uh, a new doctor coming out or even an existing doctor, uh, it was almost like pick of the litter because A, people wanted to work with you because you were a volume practice. They wanted to work. They wanted to get experience. They wanted to learn. And in today's environment, they don't have that luxury even if they wanted to. Calls that we get from malpractice from brand new graduates is, how much is a part-time rate? Hmm. You have $300,000 of debt. What the hell are you talking about part-time? Right, right. Not even realizing it's a bigger discount for a new doctor regardless. But what the hell are you thinking you're going to do the rest of your time? Yeah. And they're being taught this in school to ask about that. But I'm asking them very seriously, what are you thinking you're going to be doing? And that's one end of it. The other end is it's very challenging right now for doctors to come out of school and be found by offices that are looking for help. And that's because I talk about trends. And right now the trend is we have gone corporate. Mm -hmm. We saw this 20 years ago in the medical world, all over the place, hospitals being bought up, medical offices being bought up. And the doctors are still working, but they have none of the headaches or less of the headaches of running the practice, which they weren't good at to begin with. And someone is dealing with the entire business, they show up, they take care of their patients and they get to go home. And it's all corporate run. The doctors make better money. The corporate makes their share of it. 
everyone comes out ahead. So in today's world, most of that is through what we would call franchise opportunities. And you have a ton of them. The leading one is the joint. Some people have a, you know, a challenge with that. And I used to. So, you know, I'm on that bandwagon, except I've watched them and worked with them for so long now that I've seen where they started and where they've come. And, you know, it reminds me when I had a patient appreciation week because I never believed in one day. What if it rained? Right. Uh, and we had like 50 some odd new patients and we gave away a color TV. You know, it was probably a 17 inch or, you know, whatever it was uh, at that time. And I got a letter from a friend saying, I'm demeaning chiropractic and this and that. And I just asked him, how many new ones did he sign up this week? Not being right, kind of trying to make it, a point. But, right. but yeah. who is really making the difference in turning more people onto chiropractic? Yeah. And that's what some of these franchises are actually helping to make a bigger dent in that. And that is important to me. So, you know, it could be uh, health source up out of Ohio. It could be, you know, 100 uh, percent Jason Helfrich. Uh, there are others. You know, yep. there's New Spine. There's plenty of one there. up in uh, uh, Wisconsin or Illinois. Yep. Yeah. So uh, they're popping up more and more because it's harder and harder for someone to invest in their own office right now. A lot of them don't know if they could go work for an individual doctor. Could the individual doctor pay them what they can start out with right. in one of these groups? And it becomes a whole different trend in our profession. And I think we're going to continue to become more and more corporate each year as we continue down this path. And, the, you know, everything you can say, well, that really sucks. Well, yeah. But, you know, there was once upon a time that I thought about getting like 10 chiropractors to come into my office because if they're in the neighborhood, what's the difference? But right. we can share one x-ray unit. We can share this. We can share that. And, you know, it becomes more of a medical setting. We have lower overhead and higher return. Yeah. So I think that uh, we have to at least recognize the change that's taking place. And I think it will become international as well. And the last part about that change is that we deal with insurance. You're helping the doctors in a lot of areas with insurance issues too. And having these groups, well, some are just cash. And, you know, some people agree, I, I like everything. Mm -hmm. And if you deal with insurance, some of these groups the more and more doctors that they have, the more clout that they have, Love the more it. negotiation power that they have. And it could change because when I see what doctors are getting from an insurance company today, I don't see any real significant difference from 30 years ago. But if you look at an orthopedist 30 years ago, it's eight times uh, right. today what they were getting then. So there's a lot of... Uh, problem in that area for our profession. And I think all of it lends to moving into that corporate direction. And from a malpractice perspective, we're at no less of a risk because we get less reimbursement. If anything, 
I think some yeah. of the individual doctors may be willing <laughs> to take a little bit more. Yeah, chance. exactly. It's, I think it's it's definitely the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, so, and I agree with you. And I think, you know, it's so easy for us to live in our box and see chiropractic our own way. And I, and I went through this evolution through my 26 years now that I've been involved in chiropractic and, you know, I, I knew what I knew. So I thought that's what it should be. And then I got introduced to a new idea and then that is what it should have been. And then I got introduced to a new idea and I'm like, oh, this is it. This is what everyone should believe. And finally I got to the point where I started realizing that's one of the issues that's held chiropractic back. And I agree with you. You never lose the principle, right? John Adams, a former president and revolutionary war hero, you know, said that if you lose your principle, you lose your direction. And so I, I agree. And I, I will, I could hang with anyone when it comes to philosophy. However, I do think we have to be willing to allow ourselves to express that, that belief system, that, that passion, and, and there's value in all of it. I think a student coming out of college should have the option. They shouldn't just be forced to be an associate and be a two-doctor office or open their own. I think they should be able to have the option of working for a large you know, corporate company, being their corporate chiropractor, going in. I mean, we need to open these opportunities, which will further drive the awareness and understanding about that principle that, that we talked about earlier. So yeah. I agree. And I, one other thing I would just add to it, uh, years ago, there started to be a lot of these multidisciplinary clinics uh, popping up and they were being done in a way, uh, I wouldn't consider them uh, clean. I'll just yeah. use that word yeah. uh, or as clean as I would want them to be because <laughs> you lost the chiropractic yeah. going for the money. And that's even changed because there are a lot more uh, multidisciplinary type clinics opening up now where the chiropractor does chiropractic and does yeah. their education and everything else, but you have a full team totally around agree. you for things that aren't chiropractic. And yeah. this is the one thing that's important about a, a situation like that. The medical world has a gatekeeper, the primary care physician, PCP, mm -hmm. and their job is to be that gatekeeper by checking on that patient. And then their main job is referring them to all different types of providers. Well, if you have a multidisciplinary type clinic and the chiropractor is that gatekeeper that takes care of them first, not last, yeah. here's an example of keeping your principal but adapting to the times. And I'm not suggesting everyone go out and do no, that. No, that's a perfect example. Uh, but it, it's another change that has taken place. Yeah. And it's happening as we speak. Well, I'm a, you know, I'm a firm believer with the vantage point that I have, which obviously is very different than the one you have and, and the, the viewpoint that our listeners have. Um, but I'm telling you, I think we're slowly figuring some things out. I think we're we're starting to take advantage of opportunities. I definitely see more advancement for our profession the right way, not losing who we are to get it, but getting it because we're starting to tell our story a little bit more effectively. We're finding business models that speak the language, like you said, of the corporate arena and world. We have 
you know, chiropractors that are doing great studies now with children in schools, getting chiropractic into right. our school system. I know I introduced you to an individual yeah. and you were phenomenal to help support her. And so we have these things that are happening now where I think we're finally willing to step out and, and, and get out of the old confines of how we thought things had to happen. And so I just want to tell you, brother, thank you so much for who you are and what you do in this profession. Um, you guys have been, I know back in the, when the stroke issue was happening, you guys were one of the forefront leading groups and you personally to provide chiropractors with a proper informed consent and all of the things necessary to make sure that one, we could stand our ground and not, you know, the vertebral dissection issue and make sure that our, our chiros were educated on that issue, but also standing the ground and saying, you're not going to blame us for things that were going on, you know, and it could have happened in any other environment. So I know I really enjoyed your webinars back then and, and it'll come back up again. It always does. It seems to resurface about every four to five years. Um, but I just appreciate groups like you that, that really are in it for the chiropractor and making sure that one, you're holding them accountable because our people can get a little dumb and make some mistakes themselves. But at the end of the day, you guys are still willing to stand the ground and, and stand up for this profession. So I, I just, I can't thank you enough for the role that you play in this profession. Thanks, Baron. And you're right up there. So uh, everyone should understand that I personally, as well as Cairo Secure, support what you do. Uh, consider you, as I said at the very beginning, a family person, a friend, uh, and someone that uh, I have a ton of respect for. Well, I appreciate it. And the feeling is mutual. So all of you, if you aren't familiar, if you're in the United States, then um, we want you to go check out Cairo Secure. Uh, if you haven't, just let them, let them do an, a, a price analysis. Let them, let them look at you and see what's available. Highly recommend them. We use them. Uh, they're a phenomenal group. But uh, Dr. Hoffman, thanks again for, for taking the time to be a part of our uh, State of Chiropractic podcast series. And the rest of you be looking for future episodes as we continue to talk to attorneys and people that are really doing the work in chiropractic to ensure that chiropractic becomes the number one healthcare choice in the world. We love and appreciate you, everybody. God bless. And that brings us to the end of another enlightening episode of the State of Chiropractic podcast brought to you by the Chiropractic Defense Council. I'm your host, Baron Hoig, and it's been a pleasure to delve into the world of chiropractic with you today. We hope that this episode has provided you with valuable insights and perspectives on the ever-evolving field of chiropractic. Our mission here at the Chiropractic Defense Council is to foster education, awareness, and advocacy for chiropractic professionals worldwide. And we're grateful to have you as part of this community. Remember, knowledge is power, and it's crucial to stay informed about the latest advancements, research, and legal developments in chiropractic. By empowering ourselves through knowledge, we can make informed decisions, advocate for our profession, and ultimately provide the best care possible to our patients. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the State of Chiropractic podcast so that you'll never miss a future episode. We have a lineup of esteemed guests and, and thought leaders in the chiropractic community who will continue to share their expertise, offering you a well-rounded understanding of the profession. We'll also like to express our gratitude for our unwavering commitment of chiropractic contributors. Without your generous contributions, this podcast could not exist, nor could we do the work we're doing around the world. So this is a heartfelt thank you to all of you. Until next time, stay aligned, stay informed, and keep making a difference in the lives of those you serve. God bless.